The thing is not how you are on your best days, how can you step up on your worst day? When everything is going terrible, when you're tired, when you're frustrated, when you're edgy, how do you treat other people? Fuck pain, fuck heartbreak. I'm still in love with life. Multicultural headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking states of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Dows Podcast. On this episode, Daniele's daughter Isabella joins us to give us an eye-opening look at the current state of teenagers and their relationships with their parents as well as their peers. We are in a time of a terrible lack of empathy and communication and our kids are feeling it. Loneliness and hollow ambitions where everyone wants to be a rich TikTok celebrity? I thought middle school was hard in the 80s. Here we go. This is a good one. And now, asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers. And my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle finger of the gods, Daniele Bolelli. As we invite you to lower the lights, batten down the hatches, and prepare to open your mind. For the Drunken Dows Podcast begins now. Welcome back, everybody. Another fine episode of the Drunken Dows Podcast, episode 232. A pretty special, groovy one today. A special guest, indeed. Yes, indeed. Across from me, Daniele Bellelli survived the uh, floods of Ojai. We're going to the history books. Torrential rains, flooding California, and now it's back to 72 and sunny. With my bucket, I got... Over a thousand gallons of water that were about to flood in my garage, spending about six hours on nonstop action. So that was fun. But um, yeah, other than that, sandbags are a wonderful thing and they help out quite they a bit. They really do work. Hey, tell me about your little visitor up the street, real quick. Oh, yeah, we had uh, two blocks from here. They caught a mountain lion, probably about a 150 yards from here, something like that, because these blocks are tiny. So it was just not one street over, two streets over, and. Uh, yeah, big giant mountain lion got caught, was injured. So I think they are trying to put her back together and then release her into the wild. But We had the awakening that we are three quarters of a mile from the river. Oh, yeah. That's usually about 12 feet wide at the most. It went to a half a mile wide during the rain. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, we like, as yeah, the crow flies, three quarters of a mile, not very far from a torrential river. Yeah, that's always the fun thing of living in a quasi-desert where it's there's never enough rain, and that when it came, it was all way too much all at once. So <sighs> the, the lack of now in this, the lack of balance in... Uh, <laughs> But in any case, to get the ball rolling, we want to thank you, Sure Design T-shirts, for always having been nice to us. So if you want looking for a gift with some groovy, funky T-shirts, Sure Design T-shirts. Also, they have harem pants, which is pretty sweet as well. Might as well give a shout out. They don't really sponsor anymore, but they were nice to us for a while. Grasslandbeef.com. Uh, they gave us some fantastic food for quite a while. So if you guys are ready to grocery shop, check them out. Well, one shout out I should give to palomaverdecbd.com. Again, that's palomaverdecbd. You can use the promo code TAO, T-A-O, for a 20% discount on CBD products. And, of course, a big thank you to the folks keeping the drunk in the Drunken Taoist, Home Cellars, and MateraWines.com. More importantly than anybody, you, the listeners, let's give a big thank you to the folks, well, to anybody listening, really, but also <laughs> to the sweet folks parting with their hard-earned money to support us. Let the pottering begin. That would be... Lisa Robles, Nick Zunik, Stephen Notariani, Aistis Juska, John Vergara, Nicola Tony, Joseph Lord, Globalhobos.com. That's a great name if like there it. ever I'm is going one. there immediately. Samuele Rudelli, Adam Carrio, Jim D'Amico, Joseph Lord, Stephen Rados, Donald Chipwitten, Lane Raper, Luis Peschera, Yanni Linima, Jesse Rantakangas, Clayton Payne, Austin Stilwell, Aaron Weisner. Stephen McKee, Daniel Fischel, Frederick Hahn, Jonathan Waterloo. Apologies for the long list, which normally don't get, but we haven't released an episode in quite a while, so he ends. That's what's up. And on top of that, 
Finally, Kiva, over $200,000 in loans from our fellow listeners. No. Incredible. Not a bad deal at all. Anybody wants to join this brave band of heroes and support us, please, you can always paypal.me forward slash dbolelli. Again, paypal.me forward slash dbolelli or just use my email bodhi1974 at yahoo.com. It also helps out if you use our Amazon link, which is on its last legs, because I think more and more people buy on Amazon from other sources. But if you can use our link, that's always appreciated. Link is always in the episode notes as thedrunkentaoist.com. Having said that, shall we get the ball rolling? Here we go. Well, let's go play. All right. Today, a special guest, Miss Isabella Hanbolelli. Fresh back from her European tour. Yes, indeed. It's funny, too, because, you know, think about, like, so many times in the early days of Drunken Taoist, we had, like, the Isabella moment, and we would do, like, crazy stories about Is. And now Is is here, in the flesh, talking with her own... Never-ending mouth. Yes, that's. I was trying to find a delicate way to go about it, but yes, he has a tendency to get slightly overexcited when she has a chance to talk, which is about how much do you sleep? Like nine hours a night? Something like that. So that leaves about 15 hours of you talking the rest of the time. That's so that's, yes, there's a certain intensity to it all. That sounds lovely. 15 hours of sleep, I can't even imagine. No, no, sadly it's nine hours of sleep and 15 hours of... I was of, thinking five uh, hours. Yeah. <laughs> If, uh, Between staring at the ceiling. But so, since uh, you're notoriously one with a hard time chatting, let's get <laughs> you on the podcast and let's see if we can help you break out of your shyness. Definitely. And uh, do. I guess one of the things that I wanted to pick your brain about is that you. I don't think I'm saying anything new if I say that you had sort of a peculiar way of being raised, of how you grew up, of the environment you're in, of the way you're treated. As How do you think, in terms of... Um, I don't want to kind of start too big, but kind of a little bit. Like, in terms of uh, the relationship you have with me, compared to what's going on, what you see around in the kids in your school? Like, what do you see? Let me start with that, I guess. What do you see around you? Because I remember we hinted at that. I was telling Rich once a few episodes ago about what you were telling me about how other kids are with their parents. What do you see there? What's the typical thing that our kids with their parents? Dysfunctional and often a lot of they say like oh i hate them normally not real hate but mm -hmm. definitely not a respect i love you kind of thing or if it isn't i love you it's more of a i love you because i'm blood related to you it, but if i didn't have to i would want to have nothing to do with you kind of uh, they normally don't you really have a good relationship where they feel that they can trust them or it's not like i mean obviously there's some parents and some kids who have very toxic and maybe even abusive relationships but generally speaking the ones that I encounter it's kind of fault for both the parents and the kids because it's just very not seeing each other as human beings really like the the parents most parents do love their kids to a certain extent it's not like they want bad things to happen to them but that just because you love your kid doesn't mean you're going to be a good parent mm -hmm. and i feel like that's what a lot of people don't understand is you can even be a good person but that doesn't mean you're going to be a good parent and that's okay it doesn't mean you have to feel ashamed or bad but then to be like oh yeah i'll just have five kids that's not a great idea all the time because then you see mo the majority like a really big majority of kids, their parents, they don't talk to each other. The, I mean, I have classmates who will tell me, like, yeah, I don't think my mom loves me. I don't think she loves me. I don't want to talk to my dad because then he's just going to scream at me for not having good grades or they don't understand me or they don't respect me or they don't understand me or 
there's always that. And then you hear parents being like, oh, my God, my kid. I mean, I love my kid, but he is so stupid. She is always talking about her these weird friends of hers that are so toxic and blah, blah. Like, there's always a lot of miscommunication and not really recognizing that the other person is not this weird otherworldly creature, but a human being like them. And if especially when you care about someone, you think that you can work through right. it and talk to them about it, but it doesn't work that way. It doesn't mean that you hate each other, but you definitely don't really think of each other as, let's say, friends or in a way where you would talk to them about something. And I guess that's one of the things that I don't really understand very well because, I mean, I understand, you know, when you if we're talking about real abusive dysfunctional relationships, okay, I get it. You know, it sucks. It's terrible. Makes sense. I get where that comes from, how it happens. But in terms of um, the scenario you describe, which I think is the one that's much more common, because, you mm-hmm. know, ab- abusive things do happen. Of course, they do happen. But not super common. Hopefully, it's not the majority of cases. The majority of cases where clearly most parents do love their kids, most kids to some level or another do love their parents. And yet there is this gap there where it's mm-hmm. not just a matter of oh they treat each other badly not necessarily i mean that happens I mean, again but even at a milder level it's not that necessarily the oldest parents are yelling at their kids telling them you suck unless you don't get everything is an a or the kids are like fuck you dad i'm 13 screw you that kind of thing it does happen it does happen but I, let's take the cases when it's not when it's more normal mm-hmm. it's still the thing that was freaking us out when you told us and we were talking about it a couple of episodes ago was when you were saying that basically most of the kids don't feel that they can talk to their parents, the good parents, the parents that they get along with, they can't talk to them about any of the stuff that's going on in their life. Absolutely not. What do you make of that? Like, why? I think it's that, it's kind of what I was saying, The, the parents don't treat them as people like you and i'm not saying that these parents are bad because that's probably how they were raised that's probably how they're used to being but you know how you see the baby you're like oh what a cute little baby and you want to do in this you want to speak in this little high-pitched baby voice and you want to coddle them all your life you're like i won't let any harm come to you ever that's a nice sentiment but that's not gonna happen i mean this is a person who is gonna live their life and they just treat them more as like a pet as more of a i'm Mm. gonna feed you i'm gonna clothe you that's i'm gonna pet you sometimes and that and they think they're doing the right thing because they think that you know to have a kid you need to take care of them and you do but in a way where you talk to them where you empathize with them where you communicate and there's a lot of lack of empathy and a lot of miscommunication where they just don't understand do you think it's just that because i I doubt that it's intentional so do you think it's just that people many people just suck at communication period and then that translates to their parenting where they are absolutely and also Mm. let's be honest that there's not really a polite way to put this but you know intelligence becomes a factor in this where obviously empathy and communication are more important in being a good parent but if you're really really stupid odds are your kid is gonna be really really stupid because of the way you raise them yeah, and stuff. Yeah, because, and uh, you know, 50% nature, 50% is who you are, and you can see proof. Like, my best friends, they're twins. They grew up in the same household, the same everything. They even look the same, but they have very different personalities. So that shows, you know, nurture is a big part, but at least 50% is also, or nature is a big part, but 50% is nurture and right. how you are raised, what you see, and that can either be a good thing or a bad thing. And no parent is absolutely perfect because you can't be perfect in anything. (laughs) Like, everything everything you do has side effects and there's always going to be something that you do that maybe that's the only option. Maybe compared to the other options, it's better, but there's still going to be something bad. It's not even that you're bad, but even maybe the child interprets it a certain way. Like, Mm -hmm. for example, I've always been like praised, especially as a little kid. It's always like, oh, you're so smart, you're so talented, you're so pretty, you're so this, you're so that. And that's great. I mean, it's good to do that. You shouldn't like. Better than the alternative, right? Yeah, exactly. Where you need, like, you want to praise your kid for stuff that they do well, whatever. But then, obviously, but then, no, not obviously. People react to this different ways. But my personal mindset reacted to it where now I'm a huge perfectionist and I try to be like, wait, but if I don't do, if I don't look perfect if I don't always hit the right note in singing if I don't all if I'm not the most successful person ever then 
you know, how will I get love? And it's not exactly a subconscious thing, because I know you love me. Sure. I know you'll always love me. And a lot of people are not so fortunate as to feel that their parents have unconditional love for them. So sure. I feel really lucky. And it's not that you did anything wrong. You should have raised me, and you should have done that. But simply... That's a good example of showing how everything you do, even good parenting moves, still there's going to be something that turns out because we're humans. So no human is perfect and no no parent is perfect. No child who internalizes what they get is perfect. Some kids will take things the wrong way. You so, know, I was talking today about the stuff that you just mentioned. I was talking today with Manuela, which for everybody listening, that was um, that's uh, my father's wife. And I was talking with her, and she and I was telling her, I was like, "Hey, isn't that a coincidence that my my dad died in um, October 2020, and I started writing Caravaggio in November 2020?" And uh, I was thinking, "There's something there about the timing." And she was saying, "What do you think it is?" And you know, there are probably multiple factors, but the one that stood out to me is exactly connected to what you're describing. Is what is the one thing that I always got praised the most as a kid? It was a lot of often my writing, right? Of like being a good writer and knowing. A, and the one thing I always wanted to do was write fiction. And so, and yet I never wrote fiction, right? I wrote other books. I never wrote fiction. When do I start writing fiction? The second he's gone. And I think part of it, there was a fear of disappointing him. You know, there was a fear that I would write this fiction book and that he would read it and go like, Oh shit! Yeah, that's nice. That's cool. Good job. But you or know, or not want to hear the criticism. But but here is the funny part about it. And this, I think, where he was going with it. He's like, my dad. I could have turned in fried shit, and my dad would have said, "This is amazing! What a wonderful book!" You know, he was like, so there wasn't even the issue of like, oh, he's gonna look down on it, or even he was probably he could have deluded himself into thinking it was the greatest book ever, even if he was crap, possibly. So there's an element where there was this unconditional love, yeah. but I knew better. I knew that like maybe the book sucked. And what I gave was uh, way below what was uh, not expected of me in a bad way, but kind of, right? Yeah, in, right? In a good way expected of me. But nonetheless, that I wasn't quite meeting the hype. Yeah. And he was like an amazing parent. I mean, he yeah. was, I mean, you, you said that he was like, still is to this day, one of the most important people in your entire life. Absolutely. One of the people you've loved most ever. Yeah. I mean, super important. That's how you are to me. Like you're kind of always just that person who, you know, I fall back on. You're always the person who I feel like, oh, I can just tell you anything. I can, I always feel like you'll love me and support me no matter what. Where I love you more than, like, there's no person who I love more than you. There are people, like, no one, not my grandma. I mean, I love her a bunch. I love her as much as you. I love, like, other family sure. members as much. But there's no one who I could ever fathom loving more. I can love as much, but not more. I just, you're like so amazing but obviously everyone damn i'm flexing you realize i have to put up with yeah. him after this right <laughs> no i say this to him like every day yeah she's ridiculously sweet on me to me on a regular basis but you are too yeah it's just the thing is this is the problem is it's also you can't expect that you're going to be perfect because no one there's always going to be some mistake and not even just that you're always going to do the right thing and sometimes like this, you know, praising your child and giving your child love and making and showing, wow, you're good at this thing. That's a good thing to do. But, you know, there's always side effects to everything and that yeah. doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. But even there's also mistakes where maybe there's something that isn't a good necessarily thing to do and you're going to do it anyways because you are going to make some mistakes sure. and being a parent, it's literally helping to shape another human being which sounds really easy because it's like <laughs> no, it, no it sounds easy because everyone is all like oh i can be a parent oh i have five kids and Who's this is like literally everyone in the world that's why we're overpopulated mm, no, <laughs> there's no. so many people who are parents and most parents absolutely suck right where it's just or maybe okay maybe they don't absolutely suck but they're definitely not great parents let's put it that way i know that because i see the way their kids act with them i see the way the parents act with them and that doesn't mean that they're bad people but that just means that in terms of that job they did not do a great job and that doesn't again it doesn't mean oh you're a bad person but it's simply that this is and i'm not trying to sound like some stupid walmart ad but parenting is the hardest job because you are raising another person and it's kind of almost belittled sometimes because people are all like yeah i can have three kids it's all right i can do it and i mean you can but like 
it's you become be so good common. At it. right. It's become you, so common you that make sure we, you know what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, we don't realize right. just how difficult it is. Sure, of course. No, I mean some people do. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard. Huh? You're, you're just seeing this from the whole other end. Yeah. I'll talk to you in 25 years. There's going to be a different opinion on a great many things. But you do use the word perfect a whole lot. So just cast that aside. There is no perfect. I know. And raising children is difficult. And you will mess up. Sometimes in terrible ways for stupid reasons. Mm -hmm. But it's it's not out of wanting to mess your kids up. That's what... No, definitely. Like, most people are not trying to do some... They're not trying to do something wrong. They're really not. I mean, most parents... Obviously, the majority, they do love their kids. Mm-hmm. And most kids, again, like what my dad said, to a certain extent, they normally, even if they don't want to admit it, they do love their parents. But it's just, love doesn't mean that you're automatically going to be, let's not, just like a really, really great parent. That doesn't automatically mean it. And you can see evidence of this everywhere you go, where it's like, this parent could really love, and they might even be a pretty decent parent. But again, that doesn't mean that the child is bad, the parent's bad. It just simply means that this job is difficult and not everyone is cut out for this job. Yeah, because that's the thing that disturbs me sometimes is when you see the cases, what you just described, right? Where you see the kids and they're like, those are nice kids. You see the parents and you're like, those are nice parents. And then you see the interaction and you're like, oh, fuck, where did we go wrong here? Mm-hmm. You know, because it's like, you clearly are a good person. They clearly are a good person. And something gets lost in translation where they still love each other. They still treat each other decently, but there's no real communication. There's no real understanding with each other. There's a lot of like, and and in some way, I mean, it's one of the things that I think we hammer on a lot in most episodes is about communication because it's mm-hmm. a really a fucking a lost art. It's hard. It's hard to read the people the right way, to understand what to say in a way that... You know, it's so easy to have the best intention and throw out stuff that may be good in a different context and it's absolutely terrible in this context. Not terrible objectively, but terrible in the way that person is going to receive it because you're not reading them right. And so you're like, hey, what did I do wrong? You know, it's this made sense. This is, uh, And it's like, yeah, there's nothing wrong in theory, but in this context, in this situation with this person, that was not the thing that was going to help the communication process flow. And that's kind of where I feel like, I don't know, that's the part that sucks. Because it's, again, it's easy when, if you look at parents who are just terrible people, it's like, well, of course, what do you expect? But what percentage do you think that actually is? Probably 12? not. Yeah, probably not huge. Yeah. Probably. And I think we're talking about a moment in time where there is no more difficult moment than this sure. seventh grade of course, tenth eighth grade, grade. Yeah, totally. When Those it is are, just... It's hard. Because, you, you know, that's when you're first trying to branch out a little bit. So I think a lot of this sort of disagreement you're getting is just those terrible moments when they do everything they can to make you crazy. But the thing that's weird is, like, I see, like, when, you know, she had some friends coming over or something, and they tell her later that they feel like like they walked into alien life because it's like you seem so happy chatting with your dad. What's, what's what's happening there, you know? And he's like, well, I am happy. And it's like, and to them, it's just like, you might as well have come from Mars because it just does not apply to what's happening in their life in the slightest way. I think it's an Ojai thing. No, no it I is absolutely not. No, LA was the same. Um, I've seen it. You've seen it fucking in Italy. Italy, I see it. Like, yeah, I don't even think it's an American culture. I think it's just... a universal thing. I think it's, I mean, even think about marriages, right? You choose somebody. You're not even stuck with somebody from day one. You choose to be with somebody out of all the people out there. You choose this person to be in your life, playing this huge role. And most people still, despite the absolute best intention, end up at each other's throat. And the ones that don't end up at each other's throat, many are still in like... I mean, I guess I love you, and yes, there's something, but, you know, there's a lot of drama, and that's people you choose, and there's, I just think that communication is a fucking hard thing, that interpersonal relationships are difficult, and that it's hard to, to, to put the dial in the wrong, at the right place consistently, because, you know, you can do it for some few awesome moments, but to do it day in and day out, it's hard. 
Never mind that, of course, again, as we were saying, everybody's going to screw it up at some moment, and that's fine. That's understood. But, like, if those moments are 2% of the time or if they are 50% of the time, that makes a big fucking difference. And so that's where I feel... I don't know, I find it sad because the thing that, like, the stuff that some of the kids tell you about what they see as strange in our relationship is nothing exceptional about anything that you are doing or I'm doing that's so amazing. It's just basic minimum bar of being decent people, you know? It's like, yeah, what a crazy concept. If she has something she want to tell me, I'm going to listen to her and actually pay attention and be interested and try to not just volunteer my opinion right away telling you what to do, but actually listen to what you're thinking or feeling. Oh, what a brilliant... It's like, that's basic, basic shit. That's just like step one kind of stuff. But even that's like, oh, wow, that's like taking it at a whole other level. And I mean, it really does all boil down to just like trust and communication. Just because everyone's different. So some people, like they need a lot of affection. Some people need people who are always giving them advice. Other people need people to just listen. Like everyone is super different. There's such a huge different span of personalities and needs and everything. Mm -hmm. But that's why communication is important because certain skill sets may work better to click with certain people. But you need to be able because you don't you get don't get to like choose the personality of your kid being of like oh let's see i want them to have this and yeah, that yeah. like you don't get to do that so because of that it's just a matter of you need to be able to communicate with them or if your kid is even feeling like they're uncomfortable or you're uncomfortable it shouldn't just be a wow i wish that i could blah blah, blah. Just, no you should be able to talk to them or even if it's uncomfortable it's, it's not as if i've never ever ever had a disagreement with my father in of my course. entire life what <laughs> like they're very uncommon but it just happened believe it or not like everyone has problems and it's not like you just there's this pedestal where people are like oh yeah i love my dad oh i love my daughter and we're just we have this absolutely like it's unhuman it's inhuman it just it's physically impossible to achieve this and then Obviously, when you maybe you talk about a certain thing that just seems so alien to kids or parents or whatever, people start to be like, oh, well, that's just you guys. We, we just can't do that. And obviously, everyone has their limits. But I do believe that everyone, maybe you can't be parenting the way someone else can, but everyone can be better. Everyone can always be better. That's how people can be better people. I mean, like, one thing that I think happens a lot, uh, especially as a parent, you feel the pressure to do so, is you feel the pressure to come up with solutions. So that if somebody... there are First, there are some personality types that do it with anybody who come to them, but definitely with your kids, right? Your kids come to you when there's some kind of a problem, and your first instinct is... Here is how we fix it. Do this, this, and that, which is, again, it, it comes from a good place, but it doesn't work, right? Because half of the time it's like, just fucking li just shut up for a while and listen to what somebody has to say. And even because a solution that comes from the inside is very different from a solution that comes from me, who knows better than you, little child, let me tell you how to fix A, B, and C. <laughs> you could be saying the give the best advice in the world and it's going to be poorly received. Yeah, not no, even going to listen. Because nobody likes to be lectured. I've already made my decision. Exactly, right? And nobody likes to be lectured like that. Especially right? from you. No. And then it becomes an issue of, oh, because you know so much better. And then it becomes, you start all sort of issue. Having started from a place of being a nice person who was trying to help somebody find a solution. No, I appreciate your input so much that I'm going to do the exact opposite. That's pretty much how said. it works, right? And so to I me, it's this like... this is all kind of universal. I mean, it doesn't sound that out of place. especially no. Especially at this age. Um... I don't know. I didn't get along with my dad terribly, but I was just getting to know him when he died. Right. So. And by then you were? 28. Right. So we were finally really breaking into this yep. knowing each other as men thing. Right. And that's something I've totally missed. Yep. But it was never terrible. But sure. yeah, there's always, you know, I think that's a part of it. Because where you want in your generation... You've got all these things you want to do. You've got all these exciting plans, all these uh, things you want to try. And there's all that danger associated mm -hmm. with a lot of that. While the parents are more like, oh, my God, <laughs> I know what can happen out there. 
and you kind of put these walls up because you want to protect them from themselves. Right. Just don't do anything. Yeah. Stay at just home. Sit at home. Be happy. Meditate. Yes. Um, <laughs> and never it's go out. A don't tough, t- tough yeah. situation. But uh, Gretchen and I have heard as well from our kids' parents that we are unicorns to them as well because I don't think any of them stayed married. Mm-hmm. So it is a crazy thing. I don't know how to fix it. It's another one of our unfixables. No, but that, I mean, it's not that unfixable because learning how to communicate <laughs> is not. I mean, apparently is a complicated thing, but it really is not that. Like, even start with something basic, okay? Forget the 10 million other things you can do, but, like, step one, somebody you like comes at you with a problem. Unless it's, uh, hey, how do I fix this tire? Okay, that is a step up and fix the tire, you know? But if it's something that involves a little more emotions or ideas, just listen. Listen first, listen second, listen third, ask questions, and then tell them to go ask their mother. And then slowly, no, and then slowly you work on, what do you think about this? Could this work? Uh, no, it wouldn't because of this. Oh, okay, I see it. Uh, w- what about, and then you slowly throw your point of view of what you think is the right thing to do, but you're not married to that point of view. You're like, hey, man, I don't give a fuck. As long as you're happy and we solve the problem, I don't care how we solve the problem. So you're just... Now you're like partners trying to find a strategy to solve a problem in a way that is like, there's no my viewpoint against yours. It's like, we're just think we are shooting the shit trying to figure out the solution together. That's a very different attitude from, hey, young child or hey, partner, wife, husband, whatever, do this, this and that, and then we're going to be okay, you know? It's not rocket science, you know what I mean? It's like it doesn't take a genius to figure that out, right? It's pretty basic communication 101 kind of stuff. But it doesn't exist. That's why I'm saying in terms of things that are fixable, it's like it doesn't mean that you have to become a communication genius tomorrow. Baby steps. Baby steps. And baby steps are huge because in an environment in which the average communication level sucks so bad, you being halfway decent make you a god. (laughs) You know what I mean? You're like, whoa, I'm halfway decent. That's like (laughs) miles above some of the other stuff. So in that sense, yeah, real serious baby steps make a humongous difference. Kind of reminds me of jujitsu, you know, it's like in jujitsu, no, seriously, like jujitsu, whereas stand-up, most people have a vague idea how to throw a punch. On the ground, unless you know what you're doing, you really don't know what you're doing. Like, the natural instinct is always the wrong one. People, uh, like somebody who's not trained is absolutely god-awful on the ground. And it's fun. That's how we all are, right? But then if you're trained even this much, you look like, you know, some blue belt in jiu-jitsu looks like a jiu-jitsu god compared to white belts. It's not even close, right? It's like you look... And to me, this is the same. It's like being a little bit okay with communicating gives you it it pays dividend in a way that's way disproportionate to the minimum level of competency you have achieved it's actually great you're already doing good at with the minimum level and that's the thing that freaks me out is when we talk about people who are smart and nice and still don't know how to communicate and i feel like maybe society has failed us in a way as like Somebody should have taught you along the way. If not your parents, somewhere somebody should have stepped in to teach you how to do that. Doesn't seem to be going on. Well, it's even more terrifying when 50% of them are stupid and dumb. That's not nice, mean and dumb. That's even right. But let's start even with the easiest fixable thing. It's still hard. You know, it's like it's still there's that level of. uh, I think also part of it is a bit of a mentality where it's like it's not gonna change or let's say i mean you know you've already it's not like you're a new parent or let's say someone has a kid who you don't say my age you have a 13 year old kid and it's like well we don't exactly have a great relationship i can't just like wave my hands and make it go away so obviously but it's kind of like the idea of someone saying yeah if i made this mistake in my life i don't know then i can't get better so that always like well you can always get better you can always try to improve and it's not meant to be like a stressful oh there's always a new project but it's something like i mean that's what makes life life there's always some kind of growing because whether or not you like it your life changes sometimes it changes day by day sometimes it changes over the span of years but nothing stays the same so in that time 
you're going to change too, so you may as well try to change in a way that you're happy with. And I think a lot of people just think, well, there's I already have this crappy relationship, or I've never learned how to do this. I didn't have a good relationship with my parents, it's too whatever. Late. Right. So yeah, it's too late for me. I can't yeah. do anything. But even if your kid is freaking, I don't know, 75, like, okay, that's probably not possible. But right. well, the point being... You're 95, yeah. and you're like, hey, <laughs> what are you going to straighten like, up? <laughs> like, the point is, obviously, you know, they're... It's easier to do things at a certain age sure. and when in a beginning stage than others, but there's still always something you can do better, even if it's just slightly better, even sure. if it's the slightest little improvement of normally you're going on about yourself. Just ask them how their day's been, like something as little as that. Even if it doesn't seem like a lot, you're like, well, I'm still not the parent that I want to be. It's still something in the right direction. You're still moving. You're still trying. And that is really, in the end, what does matter. And also just really trying to see them, again, as a person. And, like, you have your kid, and you're like, I don't know why my kid is saying all these weird things and just starting to sound a little bit like a jerk. I don't know why my kid is being this impossible. You know, try to talk. Like, hey, has everything been okay with you lately? And then they're like, no, I don't want to talk to you, Mom. And it's like, right. you just need to try. And it, I know, and obviously, I know it's a lot easier said than sure. done. No, but I, I mean, mean, what else are you going to do? But That's, Yeah, exactly. That's what you need to tr do all the time like it's mm -hmm. not gonna work all the time it may not even work most of the time but at least you are doing something and at least you're not just giving up staying slumped there being like oh this just sucks and there's nothing i can do to change it at least feel like you are doing something well and to me as a parent like in what you're describing is there's a way to make it your kid's problem like I don't know why you're so fucking weird kind of thing. Why can't we, basically, the fact that we don't have a good relationship, it's your fault. And there's another thing that I think requires two things that most people don't do. One is taking responsibility and apologizing for things, even when you're not entirely sure what you're apologizing for. But the point is like, hey, clearly something has gone wrong. I've been the adult all this time. Clearly, most of the responsibility is with me. You know, it's just how it is. I don't know what I did wrong. I don't know where things have gotten off the thing, but, you know, and also the and vulnerability in that regard, which goes hand in hand with taking responsibility, is just showing this is what I would love to have. This is what we don't have. I've clearly must have been the one who fucked up because I was the adult. And so whatever is going on, I set, I planted the seeds for that. Um, I don't know how to fix it. I don't know that you know how to fix it, but maybe between the two of us, we can come up with ideas. Or you, mm. Maybe you can help me out because ultimately you would like to have a decent parent. I would like to have a good relationship with you. How do we do it? I'm not sure, but let's... And you basically invite the process of just working together, right? Mm. It's like, I don't have all the fucking answers. I don't know. You know, that's the reality. I clearly have messed up what the answers were if we got to this point. But what can we do now and uh, your input is as good as mine or better because we're just trying to figure it out. What can we do? Because mm -hmm. as you said, it's way easier to start when you have a blank slate. Yeah. When it's way easier. Of course, it's like one of the things is like fixing problems when they are. That's why Taoism is all about fixing problems when they are small, seeing them when they start growing because it's very easy to fix them. Not so easy when it's catastrophe time and you're dealing with a Godzilla of a problem. But still, maybe you are at that point and then just having somebody who tell you, hey, you should have thought about it 10 years ago is like, thanks, that's really helpful while Godzilla is trying to eat me right now. You know, that's... Do you really think it's that different though than, I know, I know someone in the 60s that was given shock therapy because she liked the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it's... Uh, I mean, I don't, think, of course. I don't think any of this is new. No, no, it's but not. But I do think social media yeah. is probably stoking the flames. Yeah, I mean... I think it's both, right? It's like, yes, there is the fact that where we are at as a society is going in progressively a more and more antisocial direction, which makes communication even harder. Yeah. And is what you said. Most people, I think the state of humanity is you are looking at generations of generations of shitty parenthood producing mm -hmm. kids who are stunted, who are become shitty parents, and they pass it on from one generation to the next. Uh, someone showed me in Glee um, pictures of their five-year-old twerking. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. And sometimes I try to hold back. Yeah. 
but it just came right out. I was like, that is clearly shitty parenting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why would you allow that? Yeah. Well, it's funny. On camera. On, yeah. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. No, I mean, it's... No, it's uh, not funny. It's just... It's it's a child yeah. that's being raised in front of an iPad. Yeah, exactly. Which um, is making things worse. Yeah. At least so, when they were banging on pots around the house, you'd have to go interact. Quit that noise! Right. But hey, there's an interaction. Yeah, and again, it's... The thing is that, you know, sometimes it sounds like it's overwhelming because it's like, oh, you have to fix yourself. You have to figure out how to be with your kid. You have to not just have good intention, but not. But at the same time, that's what being human is, right? It's learn how to be a decent person, learn how to communicate with others, learn how to. you were to... right about that first one. I don't know if we are. The... Be a decent person. Yeah, I mean, it's. I like... think it's greedy, be a greedy asshole and look out for yourself and forget everybody else. But even then, to me, is the result of. Uh being taught poorly yes because the result is that nobody just wants to be an asshole for the sake of being an asshole is that you have been told that the way you get the way you can have happiness is by screwing over everyone else if instead somebody's work with you from day one or even not from day one but maybe help you along the way that hey there's a way where you can help somebody else and get a good life and enjoy your own life and so we're going to work on strategy to be sh- make sure that you are a decent human being to others. And that's not like a martyr, self-sacrificing thing where, oh, I'll do everything for others. And oh, No, no, no. Fuck they're, that. Even, they're even worse. No, let's do things <laughs> where you can be happy, you have what you want, and you're nice to other people. So you know? mind wipes and re-education camps. <laughs> yes, that's clearly Excellent. the solution. I knew we'd I'm, figure it out. I'm glad you got that part. Yeah, yes. let me get the tents out. The how does these like with other kids? Um, I know, especially at this age, is a mess because you know, like for example, last year I know you were having a blast in terms of a relationship with other kids, this year not so much. How does the fact that, for better or worse, you have been raised different, you have been raised in a different kind of environment, you have been shit, you are reading crazy books when most people are probably learning how to read. And again, I'm not saying it like that's necessarily a good thing because that creates its own sets of challenges and problems. So I'm not saying you are raised, quote-unquote, better or you are necessarily... You know, I I don't want to put it in terms... I mean, some things are clearly better than others, but others are also... Some are not necessarily all good. Like, there are prices to pay for everything, including for things that seem good on the surface. There's So, like, the whole... The fact that I think any other kid can look at you and go, like, she's not quite like us, that clearly puts you in a weird place um how do you deal with that how do you what do you think well i mean it's kind of what you said where i still personally believe that and this is my personal opinion but i no, we want only objective truth no No, personal (laughs) or complete fabrication we'll take that as well yes i have never met a better parent than you and that's not saying that you're perfect or that your flaws or whatever but i have never met a a better parent than you but, and I'll the take thing, it. But sweet, on the diagram, that's yeah. one of one. <laughs> right. so. The thing is, like, obviously, <laughs> everything has its downfall. Like, you know, I'm not going to say, oh, it, I wish I was, I don't know, a nice way to put this, but more, I don't know, simple normal. mind. Yes, normal, normal. Thank you. Not uh, More normal, more s- simple. Because it would be easier, and it's like, no, I don't wish that. Because obviously, th- it's oh, harder. I've wished that for myself so many times. I mean, I have wished <laughs> I'm that. I'm like, can I not be so fucking weird for a change? I have wished yeah. that, but what as of right would now, that be? yeah. But yes. as of right now, it's like, it's harder, but it, the reward is bigger. Like, it, and it doesn't necessarily. It's kind of like what you said at some point in one of your books, I believe, on the Warrior's Path, when you say like other people. When they're happy, it's plus one. And when they're upset, it's minus one. When yeah. I'm happy, it's plus ten. When I'm upset, it's minus ten. That doesn't make me a better person. It just makes me a bigger person. Sure. Because you feel things deeper. You And the thing is, I've always been, you know, not quite fitting in. And that's not like that, oh, I'm so... It's not like that trend where everyone's all like, oh, I'm so quirky different. Because people who say that... 
they're normally not. They're trying to create some kind of identity. And that's not a bad thing, but, you know, you want to feel special. You want to sure. create an identity. We all do People right. who are really just not fitting in, they don't say, oh, I don't, I don't want to fit in. I want to stand out. People normally don't do that because the thing is, even right, you like, already you, are. You yeah, don't if need you to have that, you're not going to say, yeah. "Oh, I want that," because yeah. you already are. And I'm, I mean, I'm happy with who I am, but it is true that it makes my life a shit ton more difficult mm-hmm. not fitting in. Like it, I mean, for one, other kids, let's say, like they hear someone make, <laughs> they hear someone make a, I don't know racist joke or just a sure. really inconsiderate joke or even just saying i had someone in my class say like oh yeah that classmate looks like he had cancer i'm like you don't like you think it's common sense not to joke about that kind of stuff but it's just in general it's like would it be easier if i could be like all the other or at least the ones that i personally know mm-hmm. where they're laughing at that joke or if they don't find that joke funny at the very least there it doesn't disgust them it, they're kind of like you know what it's fine or they just yeah. ignore it or whatever being the person who has to be like what is wrong with you or being the person who doesn't be who's not all like oh yeah oh my god i love that tiktok trend i hate reading i blah blah like it's harder to be that person because you don't have as many friends at but also, here's another thing, is that the people who they say, this is my friend, I have so many quote-unquote friends, they're not... I already know that if this person says, oh, right, I'm, this person, I'm going... I'm a serial killer holding your friend hostage, and if you don't come, then this friend's going to die. They're going to be like, <laughs> bye, I see you. Like, they don't... They care to them to a very artificial level. And it's just... And again, I think it's the way that we're raised, the way that we're taught, where we're taught to be like you kind of make relationships, you have stuff for almost a duty of not wanting to be alone, like why people stay in unhealthy relationships or why people are like, just, there's so much of that, again, miscommunication, the way that you're taught, you're not showing really Mm -hmm. intense relationships. And because of that, and there are a lot of other people who haven't been shown those kind of relationships or those way of being taught and way of growing up. And that there are a lot more people who empathize with the way that you've been raised and the way that you sure. are. So it's a lot easier to find people to like, oh, hey, you do that. You like that same thing. You're like that. Cool. And then, you know, similarities, you start to bond over that. And even if maybe you wouldn't really care if this person went out under a bus, it's still in the moment. Some There's sort a of bonding experience, bonding. right. For me, it's a lot more difficult. And there have been times in the past where I'm like, my God, why can't I just be like them? Because yep. then it would make my life so much easier. That's yep. the last yep. thing you want. Though. Of but course, of I course. Really, this is all. This is all tales of seventh, eighth grade. This is yeah. a nightmarish, horrible experience. That I don't we've think all... that now, but yeah, like I everyone. I think you do. You just said it. I said just... I have thought that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in this moment, I, I can't would... wait to hear from you in eight right. years. Because the difference is going to be so amazing, and I think you're going to find high school, while the beginning of it's a bit rough. This whole sort of, I mean, because everybody's just trying these things on right sure. now. And yeah, the but stupid it, kids are hard to deal with. But I think as you move on, like by the time you're a senior in high school, you're going to have this two, three friends. It's more have, than enough. Sure. I, I mean, I have two best friends who I can genuinely respect them as people. And I love them. I adore them. I Problem consider them zone. like family. So yeah. it's not saying... I mean, granted, they live two hours away from me, which isn't great, because then in my class currently, I'm like, I would rather read my book than talk to any of you. But really, the thing is just that everyone has the moments where if you are lucky enough to have that struggle because you are raised a different way, you think a different way, you feel a different way, and... In that way, everyone has had a thing, at least uh, a few points in their life, where they're like, my God, why can't I just be like this person? You know, fuck and it. Like, e- no, I, everyone has yeah. actually wanted to be someone else at some point in their life. Or even not maybe a specific person in mind, but they're like, couldn't I just be blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, you can feel that in a moment, but at least for me personally, I, luckily, I don't feel that in general. It's just been moments in the past, but... I would never want to trade out my, I don't know, the way I think, the way I just process the world and everything for someone else just to make it easier. Like, I feel that if it's harder, 
you know, th- there could be something going wrong there. But I feel like you're doing kind of something right. Because if you're doing a recipe that takes, like, let's say a cooking recipe and it takes five minutes, I mean, you know, it could be really good recipe, don't get me wrong. But generally speaking, a really nice homemade risotto is better than, like, a out-of-the-package boiled put it in the microwave kind of risotto i i could be wrong but generally speaking like i you know it's more tasking it takes more time it can even be harder and it's also easier to mess up because you know there's this whole crazy recipe so there's so many steps that could go wrong and there's more room to i don't know f- yeah that's good things up but yeah, it's just yeah. in the end you know it's kind of worth it and i just do feel like it's hard and there are moments especially where I felt so lonely because, mm-hmm. I mean, in elementary, I was such a lonely little bastard. And no one who, like, adults who met me, they would never think that. Like, adults, I don't mean to sound cocky, but adults, like, loved me when I was little. They're all like, oh, my gosh, she just quoted a line from, I don't know, this philosopher. Oh, she's so cute. Oh, la, la, la. Like, they just loved the fact that, you know, I talked older than my age and that I would do stuff and think in ways that they just found so cool and I always really liked adults but I would go to school and I'd be like I remember being in first grade and then the teacher's like yay we're in recess and I'm like oh fuck recess now I'm gonna have to walk around alone around the yard that's great and it was like it sucked and but then you know I mean I found like my best friends the twins in and eventually and I started feeling less lonely and then here comes after a lot of like I started Taekwondo, I started getting more confidence, blah, blah, blah. Then there's COVID. Then I go back, seventh grade. I get super popular. I mean, And I've been getting more and more good with balancing relationships with kids mm-hmm. and learning how to do that. So I've been getting progressively better at this. Then seventh grade, super popular. But there is a reason, and I'm not trying to like shit on a stereotype or idea or say like all kids are like all popular kids are this way because that's not true i doubt that is true every you know there's shades to everyone there are very few always statements that are always true but personally i do feel that there is a reason why in movies or stuff or even people who are always like "Eh, you always think something looks cool from the outside but when you're in it it's not that great um because like i go into this nice little popular group Everyone there talks shit about each other. Everyone is... And sometimes there's good stuff, but moral of the story, if it's a big group, there's at least two people in that group who don't like each other, at least normally. From my personal experience, I've found that. But it's just in general, like, okay, I got super popular, and I was getting all that. Then, what I like to call it, I got popularly unpopular. And that could mean, to some people, that's like, so just... Like, everyone found you on, didn't like you? Like, does that mean? In my term, in my version of the popularly unpopular term, it means that they may not like you, but they will always want to talk about you. They'll always, they'll kind of want your validation or your approval. They kind of always want to see what you're doing. They always want some sort of attention from you. And let's just say not invisible, where it may not be, it may not be, positive attention but it's definitely always attention and i think it's because you know i'm different yeah you have a big personality you're gonna get a big reaction good or bad it's not gonna be always some kind of reaction and because of that it's like it i mean i'm sure people who feel like they're not seen or feel invisible they're probably like oh i would love that but you know everyone wants everyone else's sure of course and the thing is i feel like it's at once harder because I was so used to being lonely when I was younger that I was like, I don't want to be lonely again. And also, I go to a small school, so like my class, yeah. pretty tiny. If you don't like people, you're kind of just stuck there. Yeah. And mm, I also, like, I had a falling out with a lot of people, even some people who were a lot closer to me. I had a big falling out with them, and it's like, oh, too bad, you're stuck in that class. And at first, it seemed like a death sentence, because I was like, no, I don't want to go back to, like, before... I met the twins and before everything. I don't want to go back to feeling lonely and upset all the time. Shit. And not, okay, not all the time. In school. And so I don't want to go back to that. And it was really miserable. But then I was kind of like, it it forced me to grow more in just a way that 
now I feel stronger, and I'm, I'm well aware that that could sound kind of cheesy, but it it did, like, it made me kind of fully get a grasp on interactions with human beings, where it's like, for one, it made me care less, because as someone who had, like, just, I loved the attention, and I also loved feeling like everyone everyone liked me because I just I'm a huge perfectionist so I just love if someone like, would be upset everybody with me, that, right, I don't like conflict also like the conflict was just and most people don't like conflict but it's just like you know you don't want to feel oh why does this person not like doesn't like yep. me blah blah mm, but now it's kind of like I don't really care. You got your Wednesday Adams education. Pretty just uh, like I guess. I mean, just I feel in like time. I'm yeah, doing like, my I feel thing. Like you need um, to have a balance between Wednesday Adams, who's like this badass. I don't need validation, and very independent, very strong, very intelligent, very that. But also, you know, you if anyone seen psychotic, yeah, if right? you've seen the show, you know, and psychotic in a lovable way, like you know, you Papa or. Me, Thanks. Some, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. I mean, yes. Oh I no. The, my. The I twins, think we are aware. Yes. The twins call me the re- the like their best friend who's a lovable psycho. So yeah. I, it, it, you know, people have that. But the problem with Wednesday is, you know, she is really strong, great, and everything. But if anyone's watched the show, you can see she doesn't exactly have empathy. She's not exactly sweet or sensitive. And I feel like you need to m- balance being this really super sweet enigmatic, bubbly person and just being genuinely kind and just genuinely liking to help other people and always trying and balancing out with a strength and also kind of a not even pessimistic but realistic view of the world and of people and you need to balance them and obviously this is no easy task i mean no, every the realistic optimist every day, is always a hard game right yeah, like it's every very day, and nobody it, likes bubbly people yeah <laughs> and every day it gets you know you kind of hit the reset button where what yeah. maybe one day you do something great the next day it, you are probably gonna either be Sorry. chew this or chew that or whatever but it's just overall trying to keep things a certain way because i first was too sweet when i was younger i was too almost like innocent in a way where it's just too like letting people step all over you or it's the kid where oh i see someone crying i don't i can maybe hate this kid but they're crying so i want to go help them it's just like a little bit too sweet where people would step on me when i was younger then i became kind of too harsh i think where it was a defense mechanism to being bullied when i was really young so it was kind of just like i'll just be this really really tough almost quote-unquote macho-ish just like very tough very not letting things in and then kind of having a balance where you are you're strong so that your kindness can thrive you're you're kind so that then you can put people in their place if they take if they abuse your kindness like you i I love that one you're strong so that your kindness can thrive i'm gonna write that down as uh (laughs) that's perfect that's i mean it's always stuff that i go for that kind of concept but i love the way you expressed it you're strong so that your kindness can thrive i love it that's uh and honest honestly some of the stuff you're describing about the I mean, there's some stuff that, as Rich says, change in time. There are other things that don't. Like, I, some stuff I do feel like some of the dynamics you're describing, I still go through, right? I still go through moments where I'm like, oh, man, I wouldn't trade who I am for anything with moments where I feel so alienated from most people that I'm like, can't you just be fucking normal for once, you know? Can't you just... Wouldn't it be easier? And sometimes it is. Like, sometimes it's too much, right? Sometimes so that uh, uniqueness that makes you you, both in good and bad ways, sometimes you don't want it. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like you have a choice. You're you regardless. <laughs> so it doesn't matter what you wish you could. But, you know, whereas some moments you embrace it and you feel like, yes, you know, I love being me. Other moments of like, man, being me is so tiring. I would like to have a break from being me. Can I just be that guy instead? Can I just be... Just for five minutes. Yeah, just... And again, it's what you said, right? It's like you always want what you don't have. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the from the outside looking in, is like, oh, isn't that so much easier? Then you are the guy and it probably is not that much easier <laughs> because it comes with... Maybe you, they don't have your challenges, but they have a whole series of other ones that you took for granted. Like, those are no big deal. But yeah, I mean, that stuff is... Uh, 
I guess I do the yin yang to reach point about things do change because it's true. But the other side of it, some don't. <laughs> like welcome to the rest of your life in that regard. Because some of these things are, I don't know. I mean, I would be happy if you never feel that way. Like if you always suddenly feel like, no, I just enjoy being me, period. Mm-hmm. I don't feel that way. And I'm about to turn, what, as you gently reminded 49. me. Yes. I did gently yes. remind you. And, uh, and you know, some of that stuff is just how the game goes. What do, in, in a normal gaggle of eighth graders these days, what are their hopes for the future? Uh, let's see. What do they all want to be? They either are like, oh, I want to be a celebrity, or I want to be, be a TikTok star, or I want to be able to scroll on my phone for the end of my days. That's pretty much it. There's not a whole lot of... There's some aspirations, but a lot of it is not super ambitious. Well, tell me some ambitious ones. Ambitious ones? Let, I don't even know. Uh, well, and also, while ones? you think about it, is the ambitious... I mean, ambitious, depending how you define it, because, you know, ambitious is, I want to be a TikTok star with three zillion people following I me. Mean, it's ambitious in a sense, because AP are probably never going to get there, <laughs> but also it's like... I think you're adding a quality to the ambition, okay, not just yeah. ambition of, I yeah, want to be a it, zillionaire. Is I want, yeah, oh, yeah. That, that, that right there. Okay. Most people, I'm like, oh, yeah, so what do you want to be, blah, blah. Do you have a dream job? And you know how also teachers always love to ask that. And it's sure. also a good way to get to know people and get their hobbies and stuff. Most of the people in my class, they're like, oh, yeah, um, I want to be rich. There's a girl in my class, she's like, oh, yeah, I want to marry some rich guy and then... I don't know. Like, I don't need to like him, but I just want to be rich. And I'm like, I've been rich my whole life. It's not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, like, a lot of people, I mean, even adults, where just everyone, they're kind of like, I just want the money. I just want that. But they're not really thinking of what kind of job they're passionate about, what would make them happy. What They're just like, money. Money makes me happy. Yeah, I'm not yeah, passionate about anything aside from TikTok. I want money. And I'm like, okay. but that- There was once, uh, I remember uh, my dad uh, discovered, this was a lady who was clearly ahead of her time because my dad told me like it was a crazy thing and now it's perfectly normal. He was talking to some lady in Italy and was getting to know her and was like, what do you, so kind of this type of stuff, right? What do you want to do? And she was like, I just want to be famous. And she was like, okay, that's cool. Famous doing what? <laughs> and she was like, no, just famous. And I'm like, Serial okay, killer because, famous? Right, because you write a great book, because you come up with the cure for cancer. Like what? A, she And instead it was the mentality of like, no, no, no. Fame for fame's sake. It's not because I have a passion that leads me there. Which was funny because at the time he looked at it like, this is so weird. But he was right at the time when that became normal. Mm-hmm. Where then became like the Kim Kardashian stuff of the world. Where it's not that beca- you become famous because of one particular thing. It's like fame. is like that influencer kind of shit that yeah. is just... That is, Bizarre, but also, so for the sake of, especially because we're going to be wrapping up soon, so for the sake of making sure not everybody listening should themselves, because what you just (laughs) described is just clearly depressing as hell, right? It's like the fact that so many, and it's true, right? I mean, the reality is if you ask a ton of 13, 14-year-old, that's what you get, right? You do get the, I want my money, I want the fame, uh, I want to be... Not even if they were saying I just want to play PlayStation all day, I would respect it more kind of thing. (laughs) I'll be like, hey, we can talk about that at least, you know? It's like, but you do get a lot of this stuff that feels very... Very materialistic. Very materialistic because it boils down to a certain emptiness, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like, again, you don't have a relationship with your parents. You're hardly like your relationship with the other kids are extremely disposable. So you're friends people, today and you can get rid of them tomorrow. A so, lot of, of course. Don't like themselves. So, it, that's what, where it starts. Right. So, yeah, what's left like, is. Just this emptiness where they're like, I just am going to get all this stuff and try to fill that, but really won't. Right. Nope. What do you want in that regard? Like they want to become TikTok, TikTok stars. stars. You or, know what uh, I want. No, but I mean, what would make you, I, I'm not even asking in terms of like specific step in by step. In terms of, no, not even, just more in terms of what do you see as a good life? I just want to do stuff, just stuff that I'm passionate about because I love personally, I really, really love singing and songwriting and any kind of creative writing really, like uh poems and I love writing novels short stories I mean hell I enjoy writing essays in class it's mm-hmm. I know it's a little bit strange but I personally really like it I, right. I enjoy it and 
obviously it's not like everyone has this and it, it's totally fine they don't but for me personally i'm trying to picture life without me creatively writing or telling stories or singing and that doesn't sound like a life to me like it's just Mm -hmm. something that i feel i have to do at least to a certain degree and i'm not saying i have to be a celebrity i have to blah blah i mean i'd like to make a living a decent enough living off it but i know you know everything's difficult but i just want to be able to do these things that i'm passionate about in my life some way or another and I will do them one way or another if I have to have some job that maybe I don't like on the side that I'm not crazy about. Obviously, it's not my goal, sure. but I just I need to have these in my life. And I want to just and I also feel that personally for me, love is everything. And I'm not saying, oh, I need to have some really nice boyfriend who blah, blah, blah. I just mean people in my life who I love. Mm-hmm. I want you and you're not allowed to die until you're 164. Okay, I'll work on that. <laughs> and like, it's just in general, I like the friends who I keep in a close circle of friends. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, you know, I'm I'm so a social human person, relationships but just are good, at, yeah. big human relationships. Where I need, I personally think that I will have that because I'm a very loving person, and also I have a lot of family that I love and everything, and I already have a few best friends who I really care about. So just in general. I think I can do it because I hold a lot of love in my heart for places, things, and especially people. And it's just in general, I can't picture life without love and love for everything. Love for what you do, love for where you live, love for what you eat and who you talk to and what you talk about and who you get to hug. Mm-hmm. It's just love for everything. And just and that doesn't mean you need to love every day. You need to love everything about your life. But I need to have a lot of love, a lot of passionate love, just really strong, hardcore, I will do anything for this person love. Mm-hmm. And I just need love in all aspects of my life. And that's something that Those I've always had and always want. Pretty clear priorities. Yeah. You know, the human relationship part of it and the passion in terms that can be manifested to creative endeavors. Yeah. It's pretty clear. I dig that. I can sympathize with those. <laughs> I like those. Cool. Shall we wrap? Let's wrap. A wrap indeed. Thank you, Is. Thank you, Baba. Well, the funky music means one thing, that Azog is getting all shook up. Yeah, it sure is. The funky music means one thing. There's another fine episode of the Drunken Dows podcast from the mouth of babes. Yes, indeed. Now I'm worried even more than ever. <laughs> you should. <laughs> you should be. Well, on that happy note, I would say, hope you guys have a good day. And let's catch you for another episode. Hopefully, we'll Get this. We'll be faster this time. We'll be on it. Excellent. One day the rod shall teach you. D B O L E L L I. Good shit. R I C H I M O N and the numeral one. And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Dows Podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as they come out. You can keep track of Danielli at dbolelli. That's D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. And you can find me on Twitter at Richimon1. R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N and the numeral one. We'll see you all soon. Woo! Let's go to rehearsal. We're rolling this one. Oh.